Good evening and welcome to another episode of the Get German Football News podcast. I'm your host Nathan Evans and as always I've been joined this week by both True Thompson and Tom Fenton for all of this evening's actions. How are we both doing this week boys? Well this didn't work but I'm doing fine. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Very good. Both, Tom, both Tom and I are too polite to see who wants to go first. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 It's nice uh, to know that, like, on both sides of the Atlantic, you have that weird sense of, uh, well, I'd call it Englishness, but just politeness. It's nice. It's also just sort of like an effect of recording this whilst not being able to see each other where you just yeah. don't get prompted whatsoever. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, um, well, should we go with transfers? Well, since it's the January transfer window, should we start with... Completed transfers across the Bundesliga so far. So for a change, let's go from bottom to top and show some love to the teams lower down in the standings currently. And because of that, we'll obviously have to start with Schalke, who are still bottom of the standings, despite a brief glimmer of hope, shall we say, with some results recently. Um, obviously, a lot of change at the Veltins Arena in recent weeks, not least so with the arrivals of Kolasinac from Arsenal, Huntla from Ajax, and yesterday right-back William joined on loan from Wolfsburg. Uh, what do you make of their business so far, Tom? We'll go with you first. Yeah, I, uh, I quite like it. Um, I think the the added element of experience is probably something that's going to uh, do them a lot of good. You know, it's, it's a pretty bleak situation at the minute, uh, even more so after, you know, after, after Bayern's comprehensive win. Um, and I think improving in those fallback areas is is probably sensible and probably wise. Uh, because again, I, I've always said, and I've you know I think for 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 the longest time really, um, they've had a really good spine, or certainly a good spine, a spine you can build a good team around. Um, you know, you saw even with like Farman on uh, against Bayern, he pulled off some good saves. There's clearly talent there with Kabak. There's Serdar. There's there's Harit. Um, there's obviously you know. Uh, plenty in attack as well. It just needs the elements around it in order to to drag them out of the the situation they find themselves in. So I think if you can add a bit of experience, add a bit of quality uh, in the fullback areas, and again, just just a you know a wise head in the form of Huntelaar, who um, I wouldn't expect him to play every game, um, but he, but he's somebody who can chip in um, and can contribute with goals. As and when he did a brilliant job for Ajax a couple of years ago uh, when they when they got the uh, the Eredivisie back uh, in the same season as their uh, you know as they got reached the semi final of the Champions League, and he became the sort of de facto Eredivisie striker. He would um, he would pretty much come in and, and play uh, you know they'd rest Hadic for the league games and, and he'd play and he did a fantastic job and he'd come off the bench and he'd get crucial goals and he'd do that typical hunter jo- hunter large job of of just sniffing out goals and he's finishing no matter how much his pace or athleticism may may have neglected him the, the finishing instincts that we all know know him so well for uh, they certainly haven't left him at all so I think he can get a few crucial goals and, and just really become a big 
a big member of that dressing room and, and hopefully reinstill a bit of confidence and a bit of, you know, just, just leadership and discipline. Um, I think they're all good heads to have in there. Um, Drew may disagree a bit with Kalazanach. I think he's got his reputation is is somewhat uh, tainted by by you know being at Arsenal and and that and that culture. But uh, yeah, I, I like it. I think it's good. I think I think there's positives to take out of all of them. I think they're they're all good players who can add something. They're not game changers. They're not going to come in and all of a sudden Schalke are going to be mid table or anything like that. But uh, it's the kind of signings they need where you can just inject a bit of quality around that spine of you know that has so much promise um so yeah i like it and hopefully it'll do them some good well yeah so they sit currently 10 points behind i mean you're in 15th spot and obviously above that relegation playoff place uh bielefeld uh drew good enough business to give him a shot of survival for you i mean i don't want them to survive but i, I can't i can't really be biased but um i, not, I don't even think that the the, the class night was bad because when he first went to arsenal he was on the back of you know one or two seasons where he performed quite well for them um just because it didn't work out in the premier league with arsenal doesn't mean it won't work out for him you know back at Schalke in the bundesliga so <clears throat> I think to you know to Tom's point about experience, it's incredibly important when you're in a bad run of form and nothing seems to be working. Sometimes you do need that experience of players that have been there and seen it and done it before to get you at least stable to build that platform to then be go on and, and get a run of results. And you know, you can even look at uh, Tuchel in his first match with Chelsea. Um, he went with a more experienced 11 and he dropped a lot of the young players. And he himself said, you know, I don't know what I have to work with yet. It's my first match in Premier League. I've gone with players who've, who've, who've been here before. You know, sometimes you do need that shot of experience in the arm. So there's nothing really wrong with, I think, the business that they've done. And certainly it's more affordable for them to, to worry about having to worry about just wages, right? It's, you know, we know that, that Chaco's finances are in the toilet. You know, they don't have a lot of money to spend. Um, and I like the fact that they've you know, targeted some areas to where um, they've really struggled this time, you know, so getting consistent performances at the back could go a long way um, to maybe propelling them to a run of results. I don't think they're going to go on like a, a five match run where they're going to win, you know, five on the spin. I don't think it'll be anything like that, but just picking up a couple more points here and there, you know, and you've got sides ahead of them with, with Mainz and, and Cohn and, and maybe even Bielefeld who are, themselves inconsistent so sometimes if it's just an extra point or extra two points here and there over the teams that are just ahead of you sometimes that's just enough if you can keep stringing those together you know next thing you know within you know 10 more match days they might be with a much better shout of at least getting to the relegation playoff rather than um if they're they're not out of the bottom three you know they just want to get out of the bottom two that's got to be the immediate goal right close that eight point gap with colin i know you don't want to hear that (laughs) but but that's that's that has to be their goal or whoever it might be you know in 16th place in that time frame it could be somebody else could be her for all we know um which is kind of crazy to think about um so yeah it's, it's it has to be just about um, getting consistency and then building off of that. And I think when you look at experience, experience does have that habit of doing it. So I, you, know, you have to look at it and say that these are kind of smart moves in the end, at least for the short term. So, Is there anywhere else on the pitch you need to invest in desperately? That's t- I mean, Apart from everywhere, obviously. <laughs> I was going to say, like, <laughs> maybe a full retool of the entire first team. <laughs> if, but... if, if they're to bring in one type of player who, maybe not a name, but what type of player do they need to perhaps push them even further in the right direction for you? 
I mean, I kind of feel like they need more creativity. Um, I think too much kind of falls on what I mean, how it wants to show up on any given day. And on this day, he's brilliant. We've all talked about him before and we've all agreed with that. Um, but, you know, someone like Sardar is not like, not a creative player per se. You know, Masarel isn't creative, you know. Um, Shop has been uh, inconsistent, really, over the course of the last couple of seasons. You know, you some of the youngsters who can maybe fill that void long term, but in the short term, that's a lot of responsibility for them. So I think for me, you could bring in maybe a central player who can pull the string or two. And I think this is kind of where... Um, missing out on someone like McKinney was a big thing. You know, he wasn't creative, but he did offer you, at least he offered you a goal threat for midfield. He did, he was excellent at making those late runs in to give the defense something else to think about. So I do kind of feel like maybe a bit better balance centrally. They do have a good spine looking long-term, but I think they need someone who can actually bring some sort of semblance of creativity to the fold because they do have some attacking players who can get on the end of service and maybe bag a goal or two, but your chances have to come from somewhere. So I think for me, that's kind of where I think they, they're lacking consistently creating enough chances to go on and get something from a match. So for me, I think that's where I would target. I'm going to give you credit there because not once did you say the words Schalke are going down. So well done. <laughs> it, was, it was so hard not to. But. <laughs> Well, next in the table, we obviously have Mines, who enjoyed a big win last time out against Leipzig. Uh, this week, or in the last few weeks, we brought in Danny De Costa and Dominic Coe from Eintracht Frankfurt in on loan. Uh, but obviously, we've seen star striker Jean-Philippe Mateta leave for Premier League side Crystal Palace. Uh, Tom, for you, are they staying up? Simple as. Have um, they done enough, or is that loss of Mateta too big? I mean, uh, yeah, I think at the time of, of Mateta's uh, transfer, I would have said so. Um, but you know, seeing the game at the weekend, I mean, they, they're getting you know brace from centre backs with uh, with Niakite, and um, I, I don't know. I, I've I've thought from the beginning that Mainz were too good to go down, but we know that falls down, particularly in the Bundesliga. We've seen so many big clubs go down, and and teams who have got just a ridiculous amount of talent um, as well fall into that trap. So. I think the the one thing that's on their side is that they are playing better. They do look like a better team, uh, more co- cohesive. I particularly like the like the DaCosta uh, signing because I think he can he can add a lot to that team. Um, you know, we saw him getting getting in and around the the Germany squad of late, and and I think he can particularly in an attacking sense really give something else to that Mainz side. There's still defensive questions for me. You know, Niakite, yeah, he scored a couple of goals at the weekend, but defensively he makes a lot of mistakes as well. But what I like about that side is is there is still goals there, you know, and I think Mateta, he's a very good player and there's a lot of promise, but he was never, um, I wouldn't, I'd never categorize him as like an out-and-out goal scorer who is consistently going to get you 15, 20 goals a season. He can, he can kind of drift in and out. Um, but for me, there, there's goals sort of throughout that team, really. And I think they're going; they're trending in the right direction rather than the other way. And there's a lot of teams who are suddenly being dragged into a bit of a battle now. We know that Hertha are probably going to, you know, improve their form at some point. Um, but Armenia, all of a sudden, you know, they got dismantled comprehensively against uh, against Eintracht, and um, and they're really not looking not looking pretty right now, particularly defensively. And so, I would at least back them. Well, and Köln, you know, we're going to talk about their business too. <laughs> And you aren't going to want to hear this, uh, Nathan. But 
you know, you still worry about them because you, there's a bit of creativity coming in, but is there goals there? Whereas with Mainz, there are, there are threat on set pieces. I think there's goals in, in and around the midfield and the attack with Quezon and, and so on and so forth. So, um, yeah, I, I think they will. They can most certainly get themselves into that relegation playoff spot. Can they get any higher than that? I'd argue no, because for me, Werder, Hertha, uh, Augsburg, they're all, they're all a level above slightly. And I think the table reflects that. And it's going to be hard to close the gap on anybody, uh, you know, from from Verda above, uh, really. So, yeah, I think the relegation uh, the, the relegation playoff is probably what they're going to be looking at and going, OK, we can get ourselves out of this. Uh, and again, it's good business. It's not game-changing business, but it is good business. And, yeah, I, I just think they get, they're, getting a, they're getting something together. And the Leipzig win is, is a big one because they were, they were down. It looked like a pretty simple victory in waiting to happen for, for Leipzig. Um, we started brightly, and the fact they managed to dig deep and and recover that game and 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 uh, and turn the tide, that, that to me indicates they're they're onto something. And I, I really wouldn't bet against them to, to at the very least finish sixteenth. Fair enough. Just your thoughts as well, Drew. Minds his business so far. I, again, you kind of look at it and you and you you see two players with um, the Costa and Core who. Are like you know, Da Costa has now officially entered that kind of that pocket of he's in his prime, and and Dominic Core is one who's just about to enter. But you look at two players who need a second chance, so as it were. You know, it's not quite been like a, a great outing for them with 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 Eintracht, but they're two players that can add something to a mindset that kind of are again kind of in desperate need of similar to Schalke players that have been there for a much longer period of time and you look at a lot of the you know, players moving forward for Mainz someone like a Jonathan Burkai for example who um, it's a lot of pressure on him um, to maybe find someone that goes alongside someone like Kwaizan but um, in the center of the park and, in, and at the back you need players who can do it who have done it but also adding that depth as well because one of the issues with with some of the teams bottom down the table is when your better players aren't performing who do you turn to you know that that's kind of a big question you see that in a lot of teams that struggle with relegation across multiple leagues when that when players in that first or seven aren't performing because you lack that depth who do you bring in you know you're looking at if you look to the premier league you know sheffield and have the same have the same issue you know they, they rarely rotate their 11 you know they overperformed last year the board doesn't really want to spend so how do you move forward with a club who, when your best players aren't performing, who, it's either you, you turn to younger players who might not be able to give you that level, the level of performance, or you hope that your more seasoned veterans kind of bust through the wall and find their form again. So, for for a club like Mainz, I, those two deals for me, first and foremost, they give you a little bit of additional depth um, in midfield and uh, in key positions where. Again, it's about for me clubs that sort of work their way out of a bad patch of form and and find their way out of relegation issues. Usually, more often than not, they improve the spot, whether if it's at the back or in midfield, you know. And usually, it, it can be done through more experienced players. So, and having that experienced sort of fulcrum can allow more expressive attacking players for the forward to go and do just that. You know, they don't have to worry about your know, residual responsibility. So, I think. Um, and you kind of did see that, you know, with that result against Leipzig, you know, scoring three against, you know, the best defensive outfit in the league uh, is it's pretty impressive. And obviously, you know, a brace came from Nikita, like like Tom said, but 
it's the overall level of performance that you could see that, you know, on their day, Mines are still pretty capable. And maybe they just needed one or two pieces to maybe push themselves a bit forward. So, um, yeah, I mean, I, I do quite like it as well. It's, I think both those deals are smart deals, those two in particular. Um, I mean, we'll, just have to, we'll have to tell. I, I mean, it'd be, it'd be a very weird season for me. Even for the even with the bander involved, if if two clubs like Schalke and Mainz got relegated, or if it was you know Schalke and Köln or Mainz and Köln, that would be a very awkward season, um, just in terms of you know the, the size of the clubs involved. So um, I think one of them is going to have to. I think one of them will will avoid it, but I don't know who. But Mainz I think can make up some ground you know, for for the relegation playoff spot. But I'm with Tom as well. I don't think that they could end up being well clear by the time the season's over. Um, I'd be shocked if they got anywhere above 15th, to be honest with you. And I think as much as we're shocked by how Hertha haven't been performing, um, and same thing with, with Augsburgs, you know, uh, we, people expect more from them. Same thing with Werder. I do think those sides will at least, at the very least, do as well as, as someone like a Mainz can do in terms of point haul. So it's going to be hard for them to make up that ground. But I do think they can maybe get out of the bottom two, bottom three, you know, with the right platform. I do have some players, they have players that can actually go on and help them, you know, do that. Whereas you're looking at maybe Schalke and, or maybe even Colony, you're not quite sure. So um, I don't know if they're going to avoid relegation, but I think they'll make it very close. I don't think it's going to be, you know, with six matches to go, they're going to be, you know, nailed on to go down. So we'll have to see. I think with Mines, it's um, as not a neutral in the Bundesliga scene, but I think it'd be a shame for them to go down in the fact that, they have got such a good young squad and undoubtedly if they stay up in a few years and they keep their key pieces, they could seriously be a very good mid-table team. I don't know if you two agree with that. Yeah, completely. Um, you know, I think at the beginning of the season, a lot of us thought that they would do better than they have done um, purely because of that of that crop of young players who we expect to go on and do big things. Obviously, one of them in Mateta has gone uh, abroad at least for the time being um but yeah they're a club that you just can't help but wish well because of the way they run things the way they have done going as far back as Tuchel and Jurgen Klopp and um and they're a club that, that seemingly is run correctly and has a business model that works for them or has worked up until this point now I think this is the key the key test for them is can these players who have got such promise dig deep and get themselves out of a relegation battle because like you say Nathan you would expect many of these players to kick this team on and, and establish them, re-establish themselves as, as a genuine mid-table club again. It's just they're going through a big test at the minute. Um, and this is a sort of decisive, it's a litmus test really for the business model. And uh, it's going to be interesting to see how, how the manager, how the players, how the whole club reacts to that. Yeah, well, speaking of teams struggling, we'll go to third bottom, FC Cole next. Um, another club that have added a few quite big name recruit so far in January, namely Max Meyer on a free from, well, after his release from Crystal Palace, and also Manuel Dennis on loan from Belgian side Club Bruges. Uh, Drew, we'll stick, well, we'll go to you with this one. Do you think they're big enough to influence a bit of a kick on in Colm? I don't really know. Um, it's it's difficult, you know. I I like the sounding of Dennis. Um, I think he gives. I'm just going to say you because you're obviously speaking for them clearly. Um, I think I think it gives the club maybe the type of attacking player that can bring something different. You know, you're looking at players like uh, Modest and Anderson. You know, big target men. 
love set pieces, but I think Dennis, because he's he's quick on the ball, he's he's good with the ball, his feet. You know, he maybe offers a, a different dynamic and attack that maybe you have been missing. You know, maybe it kind of opens up how you how you can attack certain opponents. Um, that's, that's up to uh, Gistel obviously to to try to figure out. But if you if you look at maybe um, you know a front two or front three that has maybe Dennis in it with uh, with uh, Jan Tielman, you know. It's a, it's a bit more quality there for me, and I think I think you need that in, in the modern game. Obviously, target men still have their purpose and serve it. You know, you're looking at you know, Anderson's goal record. You know, last year with Union was was impressive in that same measure. But I think Cole needs more, and I think that signing in particular maybe gives. You know, if you're in a, a tight affair, sometimes you need the extra bit of quality to see over the line, and I think you can actually bring that at least for you know in, in temporary terms. Um, but again, it's, it's weird, like, you know, they've been so inconsistent. <laughs> I think we, we've all talked about it, you know, in, in the WhatsApp constantly. It's like every day. <laughs> it gives me joy <laughs> to see you all the time. But, but it's true, because if, if you look at some of the data, you know, who's your leading goal scorer at the moment? And I, I'm not trying to say that with, with Randy, I, but it's... I honestly don't know. Like, uh, isn't, isn't it, isn't it, isn't it uh, Shahiri? Is he not? And he he's, wouldn't he's, surprise me after that brace at Dortmund, Joe. Yeah, and he's, that, 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 <laughs> that would put him on. That one. <laughs> <laughs> and that, that's fine. I I take it. That's fine. <laughs> but but your, your leading goal scorer is is a, is a deeper midfielder. So I think that sort of points you in the direction of what needs to be fixed, right? So I think Duda, he's been okay. Know, just to confirm, is uh, Shkiri with three. So that's there you cool. go. <laughs> that's yeah. correct. So yeah, I, again, I kind of like, that sort of tells you what needs to be fixed. Right? I think you need a consistent source of goals, and you know, with with John Cordoba leaving, that was, I think that was a big hurt. And then losing Anderson through injury didn't help either, right? So if Anderson was there, maybe the story is a bit different. Maybe if he's if he's fully fit, or maybe if you don't lose Cordoba this summer, you're writing a different story. But that's so that's a, I think bringing Dennis in was the right thing to do because I do think you do have other pieces already present in the team that can help you and then we add max meyer to the list who has a lot to prove after a pretty torrid time at crystal palace right i think when you add so if you add meyer and duda supporting players like tielman like dennis and then entry comes back i think you do have a, a decent enough platform to find the goals it's just a matter of can you perform at the back i think for me that's the bigger question mark so i'm not quite sure if that's going to be the case or not tom might have a different opinion on that but I think just the, the, the complete lack of consistency from Colton this season for me is maybe it's the bigger surprise. You know, no, I don't think anybody expected them to go on and, and finish, you know, top seven, top eight, but surely you would say somewhere in mid table was, was it more than achievable? Especially because I don't think you look at the team and I don't think it's a bad team on paper. I think you have a lot of good pieces, you know, um, especially moving forward longer term, you have a lot of good younger players as well. You can really build something with, but this season has just been like, it's been a really poor one. And it's just, it, it, in the beginning, it was tough to see how you can get out of it. But I think two, those two moves in particular, Dennis and and, uh, and Meyer, give you something extra. I think if it all gels on the pitch, I think you can actually, at the very least, get out of the bottom three. But as we all know, if you look at Hertha, just because you have a good team on paper doesn't necessarily mean anything. So I think a lot is, is down to the manager now. If Gistol can't get it right with the additions that he's had in the market in January, with the overall team that he has available to him since the start of the season, then I think bigger questions have to be asked. And I think he, it, it might have to be then he might have to go. 
and get that quick shot in the arm with a new manager on a temporary basis for you to maybe get the best out of the, uh, what I, for me is a decent bunch, certainly better than how you've been performing this season. So. Definitely. I mean, there's been times this year where Marcus Gisdall's mid substitutions, you know, start players where he literally makes no sense. And I, I don't want to sound like I don't like him. I think he's a decent manager, but you know, we're, we're currently playing with like midfielders up front. They just, there's nothing. There's not much of a spark. I mean, we got the win against Schalke in the last minute, which came from him throwing a striker on for the last four minutes of a match who scored, which should have told him everything he needed to know. But instead, he goes off and I'm a week later and again starts with a midfielder up front. So, yeah. But yeah, on Max Meyer, if we come to you, Tom, I think I was having a look in the week when he signed. He only actually played... I think it's 55 times for Palace in what, three or four years. Obviously, touted as a bit of a wonder kid back in the day at Schalke. Um, how much do you expect to see of him at Com? Um, I'd hope a lot. I mean, uh, there's so many factors in this, in the Max Meyer story that I find fascinating because, you know, like you say, a couple of years ago, more than a couple now, but many years ago, he was right up there with Leon Goretzka as as the next big thing to come out of the Schalke Academy and the, and the hopes were high. And I guess back then I had a, a really weird feeling as to why only Palace were interested because, you know, I myself as a Liverpool fan thought, yeah, go on, why don't you put a bid in and if he's available? And uh, yeah, it never really worked out in England. And to be fair, for a lot of German players or players coming from the Bundesliga, it doesn't, whether it be the, the intensity, just the like the, the football, the... Um, playing for a club like Palace when you're a creative player that isn't the easiest thing at times uh, but for, for, I think also the fact that he didn't play in his preferred position enough for me also didn't help um, and you, if you don't utilise a player like that it's virtually pointless having him in the squad you know so yeah it's been a tricky time but I think it's hard for me to disagree with any of what Drew said basically I, you know I do worry about whether Gisdol can get the best out of him and, and, and really, you know, for us to see the, the best of Max Meyer because, you know, uh, some of his decisions, as you both illustrated, have made, you know, very little sense. Um, and while there, there probably is a position for him in that squad in terms of the way it's structured, uh, you know, with sort of, you know, kind of, I don't know, inside forwards slash attacking midfielders and, there's a lot of fluidity with it, and I think there is a place for him, but can they get the best out of him? I'm not entirely sure. It, it's weird at the minute because you don't know how much is, is down to the manager and how how much is is it misfortune in terms of the injuries and, and things like that. And the fact that you've lost you know, Cordoba, who we all know was, was very, very dynamic in the way he played. He offered you so much as, as a forward, not just goals. Uh, and you see the kind of the impact of losing him in that regard. So... I think the fact that you've got Dennis and Meyer in tandem coming in, somebody who can offer you that dynamism out wide, a bit of pace, um, hopefully some goals too, as well as Meyer, who you'd hope would be pulling the strings and maybe even chipping in with a goal or two himself from like a deeper position in midfield. Uh, on paper, it looks nice, but you know, in in practice, the implementation of that might be difficult. You'd suspect Meyer's fitness isn't going to be where you want it immediately. Uh, I'm sure he'll play straight away for, for Köln because, you know, they need all the help they can get at the minute. But uh, I do worry about where, where his fitness is going to be, how up to speed he's going to be, will it take a, t- a while for him to bed in. Um, but, you know, I, I think it remains to be seen and there's not a lot else I can really add to what you, you both said because, 
you know, it, it's it's a tricky situation. I don't think the manager is 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 perhaps making the smartest of calls right now. But you're in a position now where you have to stick by him, and uh, and this is kind of the last throw of the dice really for him, for Gisdolf and uh, and for the club. And you know, it, it's a case of fingers crossed. It's interesting because pretty much every team down there has made a series of either you know uh, loans or, or free transfers. And they've all kind of, you know, crossed their fingers and toes and have rolled the dice and said, you know, this hopefully can be the thing that just gets us over the edge. And uh, it's going to be fascinating to see who's, who, if any, has, has got that right in terms of players who can make an impact. Um, but yeah, it's going to be a mad scramble. And uh, I do still worry for, for Cullen because just simply that lack of a, of a proper striker who can, who can give you a, a guaranteed amount of goals per season. But, you know, we'll wait, we'll wait and see. I know you like your predictions, Tom. So, of course. Uh, should we just very quickly name our bottom three? Should we give a mid-season uh, prediction, I, shall we? I mean, if, if we have to. Yeah, sure. Why not? Do you want to go first? Uh, or do you want bottom three? Uh, yeah, okay. just bottom three. You know, well, you know what? I, I, again, I'm going to regret this, but I think bottom... <laughs> Onion. <laughs> <laughs> I, think, I think even I have to admit that that, that's, that ship has sailed. Uh, <laughs> You know, I mean, this is—you never know. You never know. They might—they've lost two on the bounce. So I'm keeping my fingers crossed. Sorry, <laughs> Union fans, but I am. Um, no, I think to be fair, Schalke. I think for me, are still going to finish bottom. I—I I, I want to believe that they can drag themselves out of it. Unlike you two, I, this is not—I'm not part of the Schalke hate club. I—I <laughs> uh, do, I do wish them well. Um, yeah, I think for me, they're bottom. I—I I, again, I'm really sorry, but Cone ninety. Sorry. 17 good lord 19 that's where we play i know yeah i know yeah so <laughs> no but yeah and then, and then i i do back minds to drag themselves out of the bottom two at least and, and get that final uh I already seven points adrift though i know i know but i just only won twice this year i just i saw something in the mentality <laughs> and the attitude of that leipzig game I just, it just seemed like something clicked. And again, the way they played for that first half of Bayern, yes, it could, they capitulated, but you know, most teams do against Bayern. But there's something there, and I can't quite put my finger on it. But there's, there's a belief, and I think that's what I, I, I don't see that same belief yet in Köln. Maybe, maybe it'll come. Um, but and again, I, I don't think might to be a million miles away from Armenia either, because it wouldn't shock me if Armenia finished bottom, because at the minute they are, they're looking a bit doomed to be honest so i'll stick with that and I'll, I'll get it completely wrong and you know i'm sure you'll you'll continue to beat me with that stick for a, a while yet but yeah i'll go with that i'll uh i'll go schalke i mean yeah they've brought in players but i just think there's it's not even about what's on the pitch at the minute is that's what it feels like it feels like a a far far bigger problem so i think they're doomed uh I actually think mine's unfortunately will finish second bottom. And you won't believe this, but I think Armenia will finish third bottom and Colin will get out. Not to be biased. Well, the thing is, I'm just sat looking at the table now. And Schalke have lost 13, mine's have lost 12, Armenia have lost 11. Yet Colin have only lost nine. And I'm not, maybe not only nine. I mean, that's the same amount as Hertha. It's only one less than Augsburg and Hoffenheim. So, from my perspective, only, only two less than Dortmund. I mean. Yeah, yeah. all right, steady on. But yeah. <laughs> <laughs> my, heart does, my heart tells me to put Armenia in the bottom two, but I can't risk another big outlandish call again, <laughs> so I'm going to play it safe. 
Fair enough. Uh, Drew, who's your bottom three? It's tricky. I, I, this is going to be both bias and not bias, but I think Schalke <laughs> are going to end up in the in the bottom. I just I, I'm he, he says with a massive grin on his face. I sure <laughs> did. I'm, I'm, I'm not even I'm not even going to hide it. But I think for, it's unfortunate though because despite you know despite I wouldn't call it hatred, but despite the dislike, it's more of like you still want to see for the sake of the league, you want to see better from one of the league's bigger clubs. You know, and it's I just I think they're getting it wrong at every turn, and I think they've been getting it wrong at every turn for the last half decade, and this is the result of that. And sometimes to get out of that kind of rot, you almost need to be relegated to come back up to have a bit of a rethink and a refresh and a reset button. It might seem a bit weird to say, but almost it's almost like if they escape relegation, there's almost vindication that they did something correct and then you're less likely to change something. So sometimes you really need, you know, Armageddon for something to, to be fixed, you know what I mean? So, Hamburg um, fans might disagree with that. To be fair, <laughs> that is true. But but but, but <laughs> Hamburg, I think, made the mistake of they didn't change anything when they got relegated. Yeah, you yeah, that's true. That's true. When you get relegated, you make a choice. You stick with what you've done, and then hope to get back. And if it backfires, you're screwed. Look at Kaiserslautern, same thing. They they tried to spend their way back to promotion, but it didn't work. And now they're yeah. now they're in desperate times. So, um, I think I think Schalke will go down. Um, I this is where it gets tricky. I think I I do actually think Mainz will. Um and again I just I just don't think there's enough there. And I think um Nathan kind of brought up an interesting point about this. Like if you look at the table at current, Armenia actually have they've won they've gotten points in four of the last six. They've won three out of the last six. So something may be on the upturn for them. I know they've lost eleven times, but they've gotten results against teams around them. Whereas you can't really say the same about Schalke and, and Mainz for an example. So, you know, at the very least, if they can best teams in and around them in the table, they might be able to just avoid the drop. Um, however, I do think I think I think Cole will actually come out of it. I think I think you guys will be okay. I think I think you'll end up. Yeah. <laughs> the only thing I would <laughs> now I feel I, bad. Now I feel <laughs> sorry. The only thing I would. <laughs> It's going to be close, though. I think, I think, I think, I think Cole and Armenia are going to flop. I think Cole and the 15th, Armenia will end up in the relegation playoff. And then I think, as much as I'd love to, to, to come up with some outlandish nonsense and say that Hertha are going to be in the relegation playoffs, but I don't think it's going to get that desperate for them, although recent results kind of lend to maybe thinking they can be. But I, I think if you swap 15th and 16th now, that's kind of how it will end for me. So. Fair enough, fair enough. Well, should we do a few more transfers quickly? I'll give you uh, Bayer Leverkusen, Drew, if you want. They've obviously brought in Timothy Fossu-Mensa from Manchester United, and they've also gone and spent a fairly substantial sum of money on 20-year-old Jeremy Frimpong from Celtic. Obviously, both predominantly right-backs, although Fossu-Mensa can operate as a centre-back. Um, just thoughts on their two acquisitions, Drew? I think it's it's a weird one almost because if you look at uh, obviously you're preparing for you know both Sven and Lars Bender are going to be done at the end of the season they're retiring so you could say that the business is targeting that but why bring in two right backs when you already have Mitchell Weiser in in the squad as well and then also Santiago Arias when he comes back from injury is also predominantly a right back so now you're looking at four right backs in the first team so. You can maybe argue that maybe Foster Mensa is going to be used in a different position, could be center back, could be even as a defensive midfield option potentially. Um, but you can maybe say that maybe he's going to be Sven Bender's replacement, whereas Frimpong is going to be Lars Bender's replacement in the squad long term. 
Um, I do think it's it's a it's a very Leverkusen move though for me. You know, you're bringing in a 20 year old who maybe some bigger clubs had interest. You know, I know Arsenal scouted them pretty heavily, and they were they were keen for a certain points of the season. Um, but it's, I think it's the right platform for someone like him to really go on and hone his craft. You know, if you're jumping from the Scottish Premier League uh, Premiership to Bundesliga, I think it's, it's a good it's a good measuring stick for him. Um, and yes, I think he has every chance to actually go on and make that position his own, particularly if RS doesn't come back. Um, really fine form, I think, from Punk and maybe easily kind of steal the job off Pfizer. So um, I think that move is actually quite good. And, and a player like Fosu Mensa gives you a bit of depth as well because he can play two or three positions. So as a squad option, I think Fosu Mensa is actually a pretty decent, a decent pickup for them. Um, but they don't have to change too much. You know, things are working for them. Obviously, if you look at the table, that reflects that. So um but it does show that they're planning for the long term, which is something I think they've improved on over the last couple of years as well. And they're doing it with putting faith in younger players. So I think for me, that's kind of a nice little story to look at. You know, obviously the emergence of Florian Wirtz and in the wake of uh, Kai Havertz leaving the club, I think, you know, putting faith in him as well, instead of them going out and spending money on a replacement, you're looking at that and you're kind of looking at it now as this is how they're going to do business moving forward. So I think that's actually kind of a cool little story to pay attention to. So. Definitely, and the last transfer we need to quickly mention before moving on is obviously Luki Jovic's return to Eintracht Frankfurt. He's already helped himself to a goal on his second debut, and now Frankfurt actually sit just two points back from the Champions League spots. Uh, Tom, a bit of a dark horse for a top four finish, you reckon? Um, I think it may be... Maybe a bit early to say. Again, I don't want to be the bearer of bad news yet again, but I mean... (laughs) I don't know. I, I do think you know Dortmund are going to rally, and uh, and, and I mean Frankfurt... we're looking at it. Here. They've lost seven times. Frankfurt have lost twice. Yeah, yeah, that's it, ridiculous. It's, it's a good point. And, and and again, they're in a rich vein of form. And and the one thing you can say now is that they really do have a of a, of a solid looking you know uh, best eleven, and they have they have a, a pretty lethal forward line. I mean, again, I, you know, I, I mentioned that Silva was my you know, a player, underrated player of the season, someone who I didn't think at that time uh, got enough credit. I think he's finally beginning to now, particularly after that wonderful brace against Armenia. Um, and yeah, you just look at that attack and, and it's it's really deadly. And so I'm not going to discount it because, you know, uh, I discounted Union, but <laughs> I, 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 do, I do think, I do think they, they're going to be in there with the likes of Wolfsburg for a top seven finish. That That is certainly true. Because you look at the trajectory and you look at the improvement, um, and they found consistency now. They're they're grinding out wins. You know they've had a couple of good away wins where, you know, in close games they've just edged. Um, but yeah, I just think how clinical they were against Armenia. The fact that Kostic is back as well. He scored a superb goal um, against Armenia, and he looks like he's he's really getting into his stride now. And you add Jovic in there and. It, it's a, it's a menacing forward line. I still think there's a few defensive questions, um, but yeah, just just to have him back there. And we spoke about I think a couple of weeks back when we were last uh, when we last convened, um, we, we wondered how you know Jovic and uh, and Silva would, would would get on in, in the same team, how they'd interact. Would one have to be sacrificed? Can they both play in the same team together? And I think the answer is yes in terms of they can play together and. And they can both contribute. They're both goal scorers, but the system they're in, I think, suits that. And and you have plenty of creativity from elsewhere. It isn't like one has to be sacrificed. So, yeah, I, I think it's all looking up. And the fact that Jovic has come in 
scored three goals already, looked like his old self again. It is a is a massive is a massive plus for them, and and you wouldn't put again put it against them to get a top seven finish. I don't think they're quite consistent enough yet, uh, or they, I don't think they've got the the proper depth uh, in terms of the, the whole squad. And and again, there's a few question marks. But I mean, yeah, it's it's a weird season, and if Dortmund continue their form and if Gladbach keep get keep continue to be a bit hit and miss in terms of, you know, they, one week they can look superb, the next week they can go and lose to somebody in the bottom half. Uh, you never know, you know, strange things have happened. So, yeah, it's a superb signing for them. It's a fantastic coup. And while we wouldn't have said previously that striking, that the striker position is where they need to strengthen, it certainly doesn't harm their cause to have Jovic back and, and looking like his old self again, which we're all so glad to see because he's, you know, he's had a torrid time out in Spain, but back home he looks like he's uh, he left off. He's picked up where he left off. Definitely. So, not a top four finish for you. Can, predictions? Can we just like <laughs> leave me out of this? Because you know, Drew, Drew. Uh, I was just wanted to say yes or no. That's all. That's all. I'm going to give them six. How's that? Uh, there you go, Eintracht. You have Champions League football next year. So <laughs> I, I imagine, imagine Eintracht and Union both in the top four. I'm, I'm gonna, I officially retire from that point onwards. <laughs> well, let's quickly move on to this weekend's action then. And since we don't have enough time to chat about every match, obviously we'll be here all day. Uh, I've just gone ahead and picked out two or three fixtures that have quite a lot riding on the outcomes. So if we start with a huge match at the bottom of the table, Armenia Bielefeld host, FC Colm. Uh, Drew, which way are you giving us? Look, I'm tired of your bias. Let's just get on with it. Come on, Nathan. Now about you. Big match. <laughs> on, we'll, give, we'll give this one to you, Nathan. All yours. Yeah, let's, um, let's, let's, let's see you not be biased. 6 0 to Colm, then. Is that seven. it? <laughs> <laughs> No, that's fine. It's, it's um, a big game. It is a big, it's a huge game. Yeah, it is a huge game. I do. It's it's tricky. If you if you look at the squad and if you assume um, that you know the acquisitions are going to kind of slot right in, then I mean, Colin have every chance to do it, you know. But I think this is almost like the measuring stick of the entire season in a way. If if for such a for such a crunch match like this, if you don't go on and get the full three points, and say Armenia and Hertha both go on and win. Then just like that, you're already then you're five points drift, you know. And if if Mainz get a shock result against a poor Stuttgart who are you know at, at current in terms of form, then all of a sudden it's gone from bad to worse, right? So this is I think this this is probably and I hate to kind of use this because I think you could say it's for a, a lot of matches throughout the season, but this is, I think is the, the the biggest match of the season at current for Colm. 100%. I feel like there's so, there's so much riding on this right now. You know, if you win, you're out of the bottom three. If you lose and other teams around you get results, then, you know, the situation's even more dire than it was two hours beforehand. So um, I think if Gestalt can really sort of impart that, that I wouldn't say desperate thought processes, but but it is it is the key match. You have to go in and you have to play for a result. You can't play afraid, especially you're, you're at home. I know there's no fans still, really, but you know, at home against a, a side who, you know, if, if their form gets going and their recent form suggests that they might be on, on the uptrend, you know, you want to kind of nip that in the bud. There's so much riding on it for you. And you want to see performances from the key players we highlighted before. I think I, if you want a prediction, 
I'm, I'm, I'm feeling like Tom now. I don't want to say anything because <laughs> the outfit's going to happen. Nathan's going to blame me. I was going to say. I mean, go you. for it on me. When, when well, no, I don't think so because both teams, like the data is very similar with both teams. You've scored 15, Armenia have 14. You've allowed two more than they have, 31 29. This could genuinely go either way, but I don't think the teams are going to be happy with just a point. I think you have to go out and play for a win. I'm going to put you down for like a 2 1. Oh, okay. okay. Oh, he's gone for the win and us to get out of the uh, relegation. Yeah, I think so. It's in I my good that. books today. <laughs> I think so because if you don't, I don't want to have to listen to your nonsense the rest of the year. <laughs> <laughs> the constant crying on WhatsApp. Right, so let's, let's give you a win in there. Yeah, so. <laughs> Tell me who you game Um I mean, again, I don't want to be in your bad books. And, but, <laughs> oh, but at the same time, I feel like I've been harsh on Armenia tonight because they did get that win at you know, home to Stuttgart and they look great. So, you know, the, the thing is, as a club, I really like Armenia. Yeah, well, who does? You know, yeah. Unfortunately, it's dog eat dog down here. So yeah, yeah, it is, we, it is. We, we can't get along right now. There really isn't a club down there that I'd like to see go down. Even Hertha, it's like, well, I'd miss the Olympic Stadion. You know, I don't want to see them go. So No, so. so. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I, I also like how Drew, like, I, I'm here with, like, gut feelings, <laughs> and Drew's got, like, genuine data. It just shows the difference. <laughs> so thank you for being the clever one. Yeah, uh, you got it. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I, I think draw. I, I know that neither can go into it, like, being fearful. But how can you not be paralyzed by fear in a game like this? I'm, I'm hoping someone does something, some individual brilliance by like Ritz and Dern or, or someone like that to just flip it. Um, but I do think a draw, just uh, if this is either going to be like completely bonkers or it's going to be tight and tense and mm-hmm. nip and tuck. So I think, I, yeah, I'm going to probably say a draw, but it's it can't be overstated how big this game is just in terms of momentum you know like like drew was all the points drew mentioned but also you, you know armenia if they go and lose this one the, uh, everything previously is kind of forgotten about because now they're, it's, it's back-to-back defeats they've got heavily de- defeated last weekend and now they've lost to a to a rival in the kind of game at the beginning of the season they were winning against you know somebody in and around them so you know but likewise Cohen, if the two signings come in and and they don't impress and Gizdal's tactics are questioned yet again you know the momentum is all wrong for them and all of a sudden they're even more cut adrift and and say here to go and get a win with a new manager bounce i mean that gap between the bottom three and the rest is looking mighty big all of a sudden so yeah the momentum of this game is so important and uh for that reason i'm going to say a draw just because i think there's a chance it might be a bit cagey and and no one wants to throw anything away throw anything away just yet i I don't think you should and i don't think i think if gustol plays for a draw i think he should be sacked immediately after because if you look at <laughs> if you look at the run of fixtures after this for Cologne, it's not good there's gladback away frankfurt away stuttgart at home Bayern away like you can't see you. I can't see you picking up any points in any of those matches. It's this difficult though, because that's where we normally perform better, bizarrely. I, I, I would agree with you, but like, but you, like again, Fra- Frankfurt have lost twice all year. Like, maybe you get a point against someone like Gladbach or Frankfurt, but and Stuttgart, if Stuttgart fix their form, it's going to be difficult. Like, they, they attack with such pace, so good on the counter. You know, Bayern, I think they're, they're due for to drub somebody. So no offense, but that could be you. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like it's it's really difficult. That's why you have to take it a match at a time. And if you know you have a really tough run of fixtures coming up, you have to target 
certain matches for you, know, you have to get the maximum from it. This is this has to be that match. So it's not even just about it's a mixture between who you have coming up and also the fact of who you're currently who you're about to play against. You know, it's a decent platform because again, it's going to be tough to see you pick up points over the next couple of weeks past this. So yeah, do you, well, do you have to play for it? If if we lose, I would be shocked if Marcus Gisdol is still in charge. Yeah, I, I that Marcus I agree still. with. Hundred percent. Because if you, if you do lose again, like like we were all saying, if you lose and other results go other ways, you know your season just got immeasurably more difficult, and he's clearly not the man to you know to get you out of the rot. So, yeah, definitely. Well, let let's go with the other end of the table for the next, and obviously a big one on Saturday evening as Leipzig play host to Bayer Leverkusen. Uh, Tom, do you want to go first on that? Um. Yeah, sure. Um, <laughs> sorry, <Don't> do it. <laughs> Is it my own? No, yeah, uh, yeah. Again, I mean, it's like I think what's interesting about this one is the nature of, of the last games for these two, and the fact that you know I think both were the poor, the form was a bit was a bit patchy from patchy from a uh, from Leipzig, but Leverkusen won a bit of a good run, and and I, I don't know, I just I, I, it, it, Wolfsburg clearly are heading in, in a good direction, and I thought they played very well. I thought they you know the way they use the fullbacks. Um, it's a kind of it's kind of counter what Leverkusen were trying. I thought it was really good by by them, and you know they were good value for their win. Um, and at times Leverkusen have looked a bit out of ideas when the team kind of shuts them down. Even against Werder a couple of weeks ago, it seemed like they just ran out of ideas somewhat. So I think it's going to be an interesting one because you know on paper you got two pretty decent defenses. Um, you know that was kind of put to bed a little bit by by Mainz last weekend in Leipzig's case, but uh, yeah, it's just it's a fascinating one because I, I don't quite know what to make of this, and and it's hard to know what kind of Leipzig you're getting from week to week. Um, you know, I, I do think Nagelsmann suffers a little bit from almost having too much choice at his disposal. You know, he can play so many formations and there's so many players you can put in different positions. I mean, Tyler Adams can can could be anywhere from week to week and. Uh, I think that is a bit of an issue, um, but I, I, I don't know. You don't want. You hope that Leverkusen now don't all of a sudden start to start to suffer for that for their good form, and 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 maybe some of the younger players start to feel it. But uh, I do like their business at, at the very least. And and while you wouldn't maybe expect uh, Frimpong to come in straight away, uh, because you know there's plenty of experience in, in Bender uh, right back at the minute. Uh, I, I like what they've done in January, and, and I like I like that direction they're heading in because you can see even if this season, even if maybe it doesn't, it doesn't end up being top four. Uh, there's so much there to to build towards it uh, in terms of the younger players and 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 even the players they've brought in too. So, yeah, interesting one for me. And and this kind of is last 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 chance saloon for for Leipzig in terms of closing down Bayern. I, I know there's already been weird statements coming out of people from Leipzig saying, "Oh, it's gone." and you know, Bayern, uh, the, the lead is too unassailable and, and those kind of uh, statements. But, you know, Nagelsmann's going to know that this is a, this is still a chance. And he's, he's going to also know that there's probably a decent enough chance that he won't be there this season, this time next year. So, yeah, for me, this this is kind of the last chance for them to say, no, you know, we might be a bit inconsistent, but we're still right there with Bayern. And if Bayern slip up, we're the best place team to to close the gap. So I do think Leipzig will probably get the win. They need uh, a response to last week, which was a very, very bizarre defeat in terms of the way their heads just dropped. And 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 after such a promising start and looking in and, and looking in such control, the way it just flipped on its head so quickly, 
is a bit of a it is a bit of a concern for me because that wasn't really tactical. It was almost like a mental thing. Um, same against Dortmund, where you know from one half to the other, they look like a different team. So, you know, hopefully they rectify that. And again, you know, I, I do think they'll get the job done. But uh, but an interesting battle, but just because of the nature of the def- of the defenses and and uh, and the personnel choices available to Nagelsmann. But uh, yeah, I think I'd just about back a home win. I would also agree with that. Uh, I don't even know if it'll just be a just. I just feel like it'll be one of them games where Leipzig come out flying and win by a few goals. I have no idea why. I just wouldn't surprise you. You know, after yeah, last week, yeah. like the last few times I've watched Leverkusen in recent memory, they just haven't been quite as good as what I remember at the start of the season. And you know, we're talk- if you actually look at the table now, they're in third on 32 points. Freiburg's in ninth on 27. I mean, I don't want to say they're in danger of falling out, and it sounds ridiculous suggesting that, but it's going to get very tight in the, in the next few weeks. Well, I do think there's a case to be made that the Dortmund win did hide what was a bit of a fall-off in form. I mean, you know, it was a decent enough win, but Dortmund were in that game. Um, and... Yeah, if that ends in a draw, then all of a sudden they're without a win in five, and, and then it's not looking good at all. So, yeah, it, it's an inch. I think it's it's a pretty it's a big one in terms of their top four credentials, but uh, you know, it, it's a big one for Leipzig too because it, it's last chance saloon for them in terms of the title. So, you know, definitely, uh, Drew, are you making it full house of Leipzig wins? Yeah, I think so. Uh, a few things. Well, Leipzig have the best home record in the in the, in the Bundesliga this season. You know, they've only lost one uh, draw when they've won seven. So, there's, first of all, there's that. I, mean, I know there's no fans, but that's not really by mistake. Secondly, all of Leverkusen's losses this season have come in their last six matches. <laughs> so it's like it's kind of hard. It's kind of hard to think about the wheels. They they could be falling off the bus, and I don't think it's for for lack of ability. They have a, a lot of injury concerns at the moment, so you're not really getting. It could just be some players might have tired legs. You know, again, when players aren't, if one or two players aren't in form, but you have no rotational options available because of injury, you have to kind of hope to play them through it. But a lot of times that could backfire. Um, yeah, I just kind of feel like, but on the same time, and I mentioned this on on in, in the WhatsApp is that. Um, What's currently going on with Leipzig this season? Sometimes you, you've got Nagelsmann is is overthinking certain in, in certain outings we've seen so far, and you saw the same trend happen at Hoffenheim after a certain period. It's again too much. Sometimes too much tinkering, you know. And and other managers who are similar in terms of you know, their astuteness, um, in terms of you know, tactical understanding, are guilty of that. You know, Pep Guardiola has, has been guilty of that for quite a while. No matter where he's been, sometimes he'll he's his own worst enemy. You know, he tries to come up with the perfect tactical plan and then it backfires because he's done too much. You know, I think maybe Nagelsmann needs to maybe pull it back just a little bit and just get them playing into, you know, to, to what, what they do best, right? But it's 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 hard for them at the moment. They're missing, they're still missing key players. I still don't think they're over losing out on, on Timo Werner when he left. Um, you know, uh, Yusuf Poulsen not being really available. That That's a big loss as well. So, um, yeah, it's just... I don't know, but I, I would back them for a win. Um, and it's tricky because if Leverkusen lose, um, if Wolfsburg, Gladbach, and Frankfurt all win on the weekend, then Leverkusen drop to six just like that. You know, for, for just, just one. And this is like a historic thing with Bundesliga. It's everybody from, you know, two or third all the way down to, to ninth and tenth 
the the point gap is usually so close where all it takes is one mini bad patch of form and you've gone from Champions League to nothing. So you you could have that kind of scenario on the cards for them, but I think it'll be a tight one. I, I don't think it's going to be, I don't think you know, Leipzig might start strong, but Leverkusen have enough quality to work themselves back into a match. Um, I think it'll be a, a one goal difference kind of a thing. Again, the data is very similar. Uh, Leverkusen have one more goal scored, but one more goal allowed than Leipzig. So it's, it's, it, you, I, you could see a draw, but I think Leipzig will do just enough. I, but I don't think it'll be a thrashing or anything. You can, I can even see it being like a one nil, you know, some, it might just be about the result, not necessarily about the performance. I think both sides kind of need just just a three-point haul. It's not even a matter of um, how well they play. Just, they just need something. You know, Leipzig don't want to fall too far away. Leverkusen kind of want to um, give themselves a better platform because the, you know, the three sides directly behind them are all um, in much better form than they are. So it's, it has to be something. But I'll, I'll go with Leipzig. Fair enough. Well, I know Tom's itching to get off to watch his beloved Liverpool play against Spurs. So we'll conclude. I, I don't want to say that. Yeah, it's, it's been dire lately. So I, I'm in no rush at all. I could talk all night. <laughs> no, no, it's fine. We'll, we'll conclude it there. Don't worry. But yeah, that'll uh, conclude tonight's episode of the Get German Football News podcast. Again, a big thanks to both Drew and Tom for their help and expertise, as always. Uh, remember to follow us on Twitter to keep up to date with all things German football in the meantime. Uh, yep, stay safe. And thanks again for tuning in.